Bibles, turn to the book of Daniel, please, Daniel. I want to share with you what the Lord placed on my heart even after I had intended another message and God just redirected me as of uh, yesterday to share a message in regards to the coming kingdom. I believe you're going to be blessed today, no doubt, as we study this, how to get ready, how to be prepared for the kingdom that is yet to come. And we're looking today at this wonderful book called the book of Daniel. We're going to see uh, several reasons why we ought to be ready for the coming kingdom. And as we prepare our hearts to gather around the Lord's table and celebrate together, commemorating the death, the burial, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, I see a real connection between both the Old Testament and the New Testament, namely the book of Daniel. We're looking today at the book of Daniel and find, please, chapter 2, the book of Daniel, chapter 2. And as we study this brief study together concerning the coming kingdom, remember what Jesus said, and I tie this in with what the Lord said in Matthew chapter 26, verse 29. I love this text. Jesus said, I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day. Until that day. Say that with me. Until that day. One more time. Until that day. That is the title of the ministry, radio ministry at New Rocky Creek. Until that day. This is where it was derived from. Until that day. But continue to read. Until that day, notice, when I, and the Lord Jesus is saying this to his disciples gathered in the upper room and to us today, he said, I will not drink forth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. In my Father's kingdom. Say that with me. In my Father's kingdom. What did he mean? When's this going to take place? What in the world are ten toes? Have you ever studied this out? Where is this leading? What does this mean to you and to me? Ten toes? How does this relate to the future? Where are we at in Bible prophecy? What is next on the horizon, namely with the kingdom yet to come? We're going to learn all of that and we're going to study that in just a moment as we take our Bibles and turn to the book of Daniel and namely chapter 2. Can you agree with me, beloved, as you look up here? Time is running out. Time is running out. Let me give an example. A 66-year-old lady died just a little over a week ago. You could throw a rock where she lives. I met with her husband of 48 years and prayed for the family. The funeral was last Sunday. A 39-year-old man died just a week, a little over a week ago. I met with the family. A mama and a daddy grieved over their 39-year-old son. Wait a minute. That 39-year-old young man who died, he came to church here as a little boy. And he grew up and he heard the gospel. He heard Jesus died on an old rugged cross. And he got up from the grave. And our sins could be forgiven. And he ascended into high. And he said, I'm coming back again. This young man put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And I had the privilege of baptizing him. Little did I know 
at the age of 39 years old, his life would be snuffed out. And now he's out in eternity. His name, Brian Barner. I'm telling you, just a week ago, Saturday, Brother Jackie Burdett's daddy passed away, 76 years old. I talked with his dad on the phone about a year ago, and I said to him, I said, Mr. Jackie, are you ready to meet God? Have you made peace with God? Brother Jackie was concerned with his daddy. Question, question, you got somebody on your heart today? Is there somebody on your mind and heart that you need to go and talk with them before it's too late? Time is running out. And as I called his dad, it's almost as if I'd have known him all his life. I got down to the nitty-gritty. I said, all the way, by the way, in West Virginia, I said, Mr. Jackie, has there ever been a point in time in your life when you said, Jesus, save me, forgive me. I believe you died. I believe you rose. I need your grace and your forgiveness in my life. Have you ever done that, Mr. Jackie? He said, yes. And then I went into greater detail concerning all of sin and the wages of sin, Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, but Jesus died for our sins. And I shared with him my personal testimony, how I was lost and undone without God, without a son. But Jesus reached down for me and pulled me up out of the, I'm about to start preaching there, pulled me up out of the miry clay, and I hadn't got over it yet. I told Mr. Jackie it was in 1982, and he said, I'm ready. I'm saved. He said he and his wife both were saved and baptized I'm talking about life being short. I'm talking about the coming kingdom. Where are we at in America? What is going on with our government? Did you ever think the government would shut the doors of the church? I can't hear you. Well, it's happened. And you know what it means? Government control. I can't hear you. And listen, beloved, it's time for the Christians to wake up slipping we're sliding and you know we are and you say well bless God here is what the Word of God says listen I got great news we win we win we win yes we win right here in the book of Daniel chapter 2 if you'll notice stand to your feet I want to read the coming kingdom Daniel chapter 2 Daniel had a interpretation of Nebuchadnezzar's dream, his soothsayers, Nebuchadnezzar the pagan king, who, by the way, took utensils and costly items from the temple, and God said he was going to judge him for it, and consequently did. But at any rate, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, and he sees these four world empires quickly as I summarize. Daniel says it's God that interprets the dream, Nebuchadnezzar's wise men couldn't do it, and yet Daniel called a prayer meeting with his three buddies, Mishael and, and otherwise known as uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as we would know them, Hananiah and Azariah. And so he says, here's where we're going with this, these four world empires that are yet to come as in Daniel's day, but we're going to see they've come and gone, and yet there's one kingdom that has not in Daniel's vision. All right, let's pick up in verse number 36. If you're there, say amen. amen. I take that back. Go back to verse 31. Look at verse 31. 
If you're in verse 31, hold up your Bible, would you? All right, here we go. Let's go. Verse 31. Thou, O king, sawest, and behold, a great image. This great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. This image head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. Thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay and brake them to pieces. Then was the iron and the clay, the brass, the silver, the gold, broken to pieces together. Who is that referring to? Jesus Christ is the stone. All of these kingdoms will have come and gone. Wait a minute, keep reading. Again, verse 34, Thou sawest till the stone was cut out without the hands which smote the image upon his feet that were iron and clay and break them to pieces. Verse 35, Then was the iron and the clay and the brass and the silver and the gold broken to pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floor. And the wind carried them away and there was no place found for them. And the stone, the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. You know what that's talking about? The kingdom of God is coming. Yes. Yes. The kingdom of God is coming. Wait a minute. Verse 36. This is a dream, and we will tell the interpretation thereof before the king. Thou art king, O king, art a king of kings. For the God of heaven hath given thee a kingdom power and strength and glory and whithersoever the children of men dwell the beast of the field and the fowls of the heaven hath he given unto thy hand and hath made thee ruler over them all thou art this head of gold Daniel saying this is you Babylon but look verse 39 and after thee shall arise another kingdom which was the Medo-Persian kingdom inferior to thee and another third kingdom of brass which was the Grecian kingdom under Alexander the Great which shall bear thee rule over all the earth and the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, the fourth kingdom, namely Rome, during the year of our Lord. And for as much as iron breaketh in pieces and subdueth all things, and as iron that breaketh all these things shall, be, shall it break into pieces and bruise. Notice verse 41. Don't miss it. And whereas thou saw the feet and the toes, part of potter's clay, part of iron, and the kingdom shall be divided, there shall be... In it of the strength of the iron, for as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay. What is he talking about? When is this going to happen? What does this mean to us? Keep reading verse 30, verse 42 rather. And the toes of the feet were part iron and part clay. Have you ever studied this out? Do you know what he's talking about? Could it be the stage is being set now? Where are we heading? Look at verse 43. He says, and whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay. They shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. And in the days of, this, uh, of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom. Oh, yes. Could that be what Jesus was talking about? I'll not drink it new with you until I drink it new with you, my Father's kingdom. Notice verse 44, which shall never be destroyed. Let me back up to verse 44. And in the days of these kings so shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. He's talking about Jesus Christ when he comes again. 
Notice verse 45. For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain, the stone will break, crush, demolish the ten toes. Oh, yes. Jesus' kingdom is coming. Notice verse 45. For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it break in pieces the iron and the brass and the clay and the silver and the gold, as all the kingdoms that were before the Lord's kingdom which is yet to come. And the great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter. And the dream is uncertain and the interpretation thereof of sure. Thereof sure. This is the word of the Lord and all God's people said. O God, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Right now, right here. On earth in our hearts as it's done in heaven. For your glory, even so come. Lord Jesus, amen. You may be seated. Quickly notice, there are two reasons I believe the Lord gave me to give you today, two reasons why you need to be ready for the coming kingdom. There's no doubt about it. We have faced unparalleled days. Events are transpiring right before our very eyes that have uh, just absolutely shaken us to the foundation. What in the world is God doing? My question is with all the coronavirus and all the deaths and all the plagues and all the things going on lord if this has not got our attention what are you going to have to do to get our attention i'm concerned about our young people listen to me young people that are here thank god you're here but i'm concerned the reason our young people are not more committed you know why I was praying about it this morning. You know what the Lord seemed to indicate to me? The reason more young people are not more committed, more dedicated, more sold out to God. I'll tell you why. Because, and I, I don't mean this negative at all. I'm just stating a fact. Young people, you're going to have to go through a whole lot of other stuff until you realize Jesus Christ is what you really need. And once you go through stuff and you can't fix it and you can't call anybody, you can't get on the computer and find out what's wrong, you're going to come to the conclusion, I need God. I need the blessings of God. I need the Lord to pull me through. And that is what's going to get your attention. And that's what's going to change your heart. Until you go through some stuff, we don't act like we need God. But the day's coming when you're going to, and I'm looking forward to it, when you can't depend on yourself and you can't trust in the arm of flesh, but you're going to realize you need Almighty God. And without God, you and I would be nothing. I know I was young and indispensable and all of that, but look quickly because Jesus Christ is a stone breaker, number one. Jesus Christ is a stone maker, number two. The coming kingdom. What do I mean by the stone breaker? I want to give you a quick outline of the book of Daniel. If you'll notice here on the screen, you'll notice these four world empires that Daniel was able to pinpoint. I might add through the power of prayer. How many of y'all believe there's power in prayer? Daniel went to a prayer meeting with his three buddies and God showed him the things which are coming to pass. And Daniel was able to interpret the king's dream. First, the Babylonian kingdom is represented, which was during the time of Nebuchadnezzar. 605 B.C. is the date whereby Nebuchadnezzar invaded the southern kingdom. It was a mighty invasion. The temple was destroyed, 586 B.C. Next, God said Babylon will fall. Daniel chapter 5, remember the handwriting on the wall? Nebuchadnezzar could not read it. Why? 
because only God's children can read their father's writing. Every once in a while, somebody said, I don't understand the Bible. You know why? You get the Holy Spirit in you, and you'll understand it. Amen. The Holy Spirit is the key to interpretation as well as inspiration. However, because of the rebellion of Babylon, that night Babylon fell to the ground, Medo-Persian Empire. You know how they stormed the city? God said, you're weighed in the balance and your history. Look at me, look at me, look at me. God does not take it very lightly when you defile the holy things of God. It was the holy things of God that wicked king took over and took him to Babylon. And God said, I've got your number. You're going to fall, king. And consequently, you know how the Medo-Persian Empire diverted the river as extra-biblical information and stormed the city and the impregnable, the, in, the unthinkable, the insurmountable Babylon fell to the ground just like God said. Listen to me. There's a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. How many believe that God can get your attention? And God sees what you do in the dark. God sees what we do at home. God sees what we do in secret alone. And the Lord said there's a way to escape. The Lord says I've got mercy and grace. Don't try to hide your sin. Don't try to excuse your sin. Don't try to blame your sin. But come to the stone. Come to the Son of God. Come to the fountain that's filled with blood. Come to Jesus Christ and have your sins washed away and remembered no more and have a home in heaven. I'll tell you, the best thing that you can do today is to get right with God. Because God is a mighty God. He's a holy God. He's a righteous God. He's a loving God. But God will not share his glory with another. And it's high time we get off our high horse and get down low at the feet of Jesus. I'll tell you, brother, when his kingdom comes, there's not going to be any pride strutting in the kingdom. Oh, no, there's not going to be any self-righteousness. Brother, I'm telling you, sister, we're going to learn to bow and give him adoration and praise for he is worthy and he rules and reigns over the affairs of men. I'll tell you this. The Lord said, y'all listen to me. You know why President Biden, Joe Biden, that got your attention, didn't it? I knew it would. Joe Biden. Do you know why Joe Biden is president? I'll tell you why. Because God allowed it. It's God that puts up one. It's God that puts down another. Question. Well, Lord, if America's Judeo-Christian values are being under attack through this leader whom we need to pray for, why, Lord, are you allowing the nation of America to slip further from thus saith the Lord? I'll tell you why. Because his kingdom's coming. You didn't get that, did you? Yes, the Lord puts up one. The Lord puts down another. And brother and sister, if this got your attention, it's time to stop whining. And start, it's time to start shining. Y'all look at me. The darker the night, the brighter the light. Instead of pouting, I got news for you. We need to start shouting. That's right. Instead of whining and pouting and murmuring, God says, I'm looking for some men and women who have such faith and not be a little whip that won't stand up for truth and serve God and love the Lord and take the ground back and share the gospel.
gospel because we are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Are you ashamed of him? Why aren't you witnessing more? Why aren't you witnessing more? Oh, but pastor, I'm too busy doing this and that. Understand, I've got news for you. The government can take the Ten Commandments off the courthouse wall. They can try to take prayer out of school. They can try to undermine all the Judeo-Christian values we stand for, but they will never, ever, ever take Jesus out of our heart. Never. Praise the Lord. And I've got news for you, beloved. As a church, you hear me, and I know you're right with me because, thank God, we're seeing the days when things are happening at lightning speed. But as a church, I've got news for the crowd out there that wants to slap us with a lawsuit because of hate crime. You just go ahead and slap us with a hate crime law. We're not going to shut up. We're not going to let up. We're going to keep on speaking up and looking up because our Lord's coming again. Amen. I got news for you. The early church faced persecution and they said we ought to obey God rather than men. It's time some men get some backbone in the house of God. It's time some women get some backbone in the house of God. It's time for the blood bought, the blood washed, the redeemed of God to say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. This thing of cheap Christianity and skipping in and out of church and being uncommitted and unfaithful. I got news for you. I love you, but I got to say this. You're a part of the problem. You're a part of the problem. It's not the lost that aren't doing what they ought to do. Lost people do what lost people do, sin against God. But the saints, the redeemed Christians, we have got a mandate to love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, and mind, and he's worthy for all that we have and all that we are. He is coming again. Amen. Some of you, you holding back on God, and I love you, but I got to tell you that. You're doing your own thing, and God's saying, I can get your attention. Yes, sir, he can. Hey, look, the bronze was the Grecian empire. Daniel saw this. Alexander, who died at a young age, 32 years old, the greatest conqueror the world perhaps has ever known. He said, leave my hands open when I die. I want people to know I'm not taking anything with me. I'm telling you, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And then the Roman Empire, the roads were perfected. The Greek language was in place because in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman. That's Galatians 4 and 4. God is in control. But notice this last kingdom, the kingdom yet to come. What in the world is Daniel describing? The ten toes. What does he mean? By this ten toes, here is the kingdom that's yet to come. Notice, whereas thou sawest the feet and toes, part of the potter's clay, part of the iron, part of iron, part of clay, there's a soft part, there's a strong part, they're mixed together. Can you imagine? The kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it of the strength of the iron, for as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay, and the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom. Listen to me. This kingdom has not yet come, but it's on the horizon. The stage is being set. We can see the uh, 
signs moving toward this kingdom which will rise that Daniel is foreshadowing. He said, Whereas thou sawest iron and mixed with miry clay, and they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, and they shall cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. What is he talking about? Notice, in the days of these kings shall be the God of heaven who sets up one kingdom which shall never be destroyed. Oh, yes, Lord. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces. The stone is the stone breaker. But wait a minute. And it will consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Hallelujah. He's talking about the kingdom of our Lord. Notice, for as much as thou sawest the stone was cut out of the mountain, the stone is none other than Jesus Christ. Cut out of the mountain. Some say Zion. Others speculate what this means. We know this is a reference to the living God. He said it be cut out of the mountain without hands and that break in pieces the iron and the brass and the clay and the silver and the gold. That's the Babylonian, Medo-Persian, Grecian, all the other kingdoms, even Rome. And the great God hath made known, said Daniel to the king, what shall come to pass hereafter? And the dream is uncertain, the interpretation thereof, sure. Yes, your calling and your election, sure. What is he saying? He's saying we're living in a time right now in this church age when Jesus Christ will come back again. No signs needed, what we call the snatching away. Jesus could come back today. Yes, the coming kingdom. And we're now presently living in the church age. Well, what's to come hereafter? The Lord through Daniel is pinpointing when Christ will come again in what we call the second coming. And here, the kingdom of God will be inaugurated. Yes, we call that the millennial reign. Question, as we search our heart, when is the stone going to break into pieces these ten toes? If I had time, I'd ask you to turn to the book of Daniel chapter 7, but you don't have time. So I'm just going to simply summarize Daniel chapter 7. In Daniel 7, Daniel sees ten horns. And in these ten horns, a little horn comes up out of these ten horns. What are these ten horns? They are ten kings. We know that from the book of Daniel chapter 7. Later in that chapter, he describes the ten horns or ten kings. In fact, if you fast forward to the book of Revelation chapter 12, I'm sorry, chapter 17 and verse 12. Revelation 17, 12. Write these verses down. You can look, at, look them up later. You'll find out there are ten kings. What does this mean? I believe, beloved, having been in Rome. Has anybody been to Rome? Have you been to Rome? Did you go to the Vatican? Anybody go to the Vatican? I'll tell you what, I'm not saying all Catholics are lost, but I certainly say this, all Baptists are lost if they've not been by the way of the cross and by the blood of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if you're Baptist, but I will say this, I definitely diametrically opposed to the doctrines of the Catholic Church, namely purgatory, namely Mariology, namely as if when we take the sacraments that this takes away sin. This, this what we're going to do in a moment, is symbolic of the death of the body, the broken body, and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. However, back to this. These ten toes will, it seems to be, setting the stage for at least the infrastructure of what we call the revived Roman Empire. It seems to be in place. The Antichrist would emerge. Time is short. I don't know if you saw just the other day, but I noticed from a military 
perspective, an economic perspective, even a financial perspective, uh, that, that the EU and uh, America is uh, now giving submarines to Australia. I thought this was interesting. And, and yet, the EU is attempting to build a military. I don't know where all that's going. I'm just saying this, that the Antichrist will emerge, a man of sin. He'll cause all, both small and great, rich and poor, to three, receive a mark. In the right hand, therefore, head, that no man might buy or sell, save he that hath the mark of the beast. Let him that hath understanding understand it's the number of a man, the number six hundred, three score and six. Brother and sister, listen to me. How many will agree with me today? What's going on in our nation today, in our world today, is nothing more than the will of God being done, preparing us, the church, for that great getting up morning. There's hope. There's hope. And I'll tell you what. Again, the kingdom is coming. Jesus Christ, the King of kings, and the Lord of Lords. What does this mean to us as I close? It means one, we're on the winning team. <laughs> Two, God's in control. You say, wait a minute, if God's in control, why'd all the stuff be spiraling out of control? Don't be deceived. It's God that puts up one. It's God that puts down another. And God can put a stop to anything at any time, anywhere. We live in a sinful world, beloved. Don't forget. Satan is the prince of the power of the air. That's what it means. It means the devil's going to meet his demise when Jesus comes again. And the Antichrist and the false prophet and the devil is going to be thrown in the lake of fire. What does this mean? It means you can trust the Lord now. Whatever you're facing, whatever seems out of the ordinary, right this moment, I'm going to ask you if you'd stand to your feet right now.